0: Nixon, 105 yard kickoff return. Rodgers runs for one, throws for one. What else we got? Darnell Savage, a pick six, a Mason Crosby doink in. And the Packers, with Kirk Cousins throwing three interceptions, control their own destiny, beat the fraudulent Vikings, and hope Springs eternal. We're alive. Benjamin, good morning.
1: Good morning. Happy New Year. <laughs> Happy New Year, brother. How are we doing today? Oh, it's a it's a Monday. What a game yesterday, man. What a when, game indeed. When Mason Crosby is doinking in fifty six yarders, you know things are good.
0: Yes. That was look, Mason Crosby hasn't tried this distance even in practice. And then boink, right in. Oh my God. Absolutely incredible. Goal Pat! go. And the king on Twitch says, cry, eagles, cry. (laughs) Has been a resident. No, that is
1: that is uh, this is probably the most warranted day for that sentiment to happen.
0: You, by the way, Ben, I'm getting attacked by some of our listeners here in the morning show. That's fine. Saying that you're no longer allowed to talk Green Bay Packers. You'd <laughs> <laughs> be called cry, Philly boy. Cry.
1: I have a... No, I, we have some official statements to go through later today. Well, but let's,
0: uh, let's let's back it up a little bit. Friday, yeah. uh, I had taken off, so I took a little vacation day. Rowdy is still fighting the man flu. Whatever is... Uh, was that wrong with his mangina? What happened Friday? Was it all celebrating... A lot of great Wisconsin news, by the way, coming out in these past, what, uh, last year into this year kind of cycle. Tanner Mordecai, can we just cover this real, real briefly? We'll get to the Packers momentarily. What happened on Friday when I was on vacation? Besides me getting a text saying that you guys are talking smack about Jair Alexander.
1: Well, Thursday night, Wisconsin lands Tanner Mordecai out of nowhere. Former SMU, former Oklahoma quarterback. Zach and I were in. It, It was a joyous day in that regard. Because that's, that's news that changes Wisconsin's outlook next season, to put simply. Uh, and there's a lot of excitement around it. So I, very joyous uh, from that respect. We also obviously talked about the Jair Alexander, Justin Jefferson.
0: I, well, we previewed Oof. what was to okay. come. What was the preview of it? Well, well hey, let me ask a question first. Did you guys predict in your preview of the matchup that were to be one catch for 15 yards? No. And getting gritty done? No, okay, did not. What was the prediction? We were both scared. <laughs> well, here's the thing, and this—I don't think anyone predicted that. By the way,
1: this leads perfectly into what happened yesterday. We were both somewhat concerned that he, Jair would come out and say the game was a fluke, and, and that wasn't. Which his, he did. Yes, it wasn't his whole message, but we were concerned that he would go out and say that, and then not even get a chance to go shut him down. We were concerned that Joe Barry was going to approach the game yeah. somewhat similar to how he did the first game, and that did not work. Yet, you come out on Sunday, and f- for some reason, for some miraculous reason, Joe Barry's finally figured out how to play defense with that group. Jair Alexander's on Jefferson pretty much the whole game. He's also bracketed. Like there were a lot of double teams thrown his way. The plan was perfect. Jair Alexander played great. He shut him down. Justin Jefferson, I mean Jefferson, Jefferson became a Jeff-
0: beam. Jeff- Justin Jefferson got so pissed he attacked. He went miles Garrett on a referee. He took his <laughs> helmet and he tried to bash his brains in. Uh, ben, first quarter. Uh, Packers are up 7-3 to three with 6 minutes and 19 seconds left. Jair Alexander defends a pass against Justin Jefferson. And that was Alexander who broke it up. Oh, he's got a little gritty right next to Jefferson. <laughs> and he hits him with his own celebration, the gritty. Uh, right when that happened, I'm like, oh, my God. He, he is going to get torched because, the, you know, this... The Vikings blocked the punt on the special teams. And I'm like, oh, my God, This the Vikings are going to come out and just blow this thing wide open. After the Packers had, what did they, they sell it for a field goal, right? And then it just became a juggernaut defensively. And I think that set the tone, the gritty on Justin Jefferson right away. He got so pissed that he couldn't even handle himself. It was I, an
1: incredible game. I want to find uh, Bill Michaels had a great, oh, yes, uh, quote, Alexander does the, quote, Jefferson dance as he knocks down <laughs> the, the pass. The Gritty! It was funny to hear all the people try to find what it was. But yeah, it was, it was incredible. It the was an Jefferson incredible dance. performance by him. I mean, the story of the game was the defense. Because it's been a oh concern yeah. all season. It was the reason they got housed week one. And that was, like, that what we saw yesterday was what we thought we would see all season from the team.
0: Yeah, the 2022 Packers defense finally showed up in 2023. It just took a year. Uh, The Packers, Joe Barry finally allowing Jair to, like you were talking about, what we saw happen, Shadow and cover Justin Jefferson, was a breath of fresh air. It was so incredible to see. And Jefferson couldn't handle himself. The Packers defense, huge, coming up huge on Kirk Cousins as well. And then the the offense for the Packers, still a little disjointed, obviously, uh, did just enough. But oh my God, besides the block punt that I just talked about a little bit ago, Keyshawn Nixon, the 105-yard kickoff return. The Packers, what they say, hadn't housed one since 2010. It was Randall Cobb, which also, by the way, a Super Bowl season. Alleged, yeah, not allegedly. That happened. That's what I've heard. So don't look now, Ben. They control their own destiny. Oh my God, man!
1: Wow, I, the fact that this last game is for a playoff spot is I, it's remarkable. It's where huge. we were five, six weeks ago.
0: And so I mean, Jair Alexander I mean, is he the is he the story? Is he the star of this game? Is it Keyshawn Nixon? I mean, it's not. Is it Aaron Jones? It's not Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers did just enough. That offense still a little disjointed. Um, what is the key of the story? Just all three phases of the game stepping up? Getting, like, what is it? So I, I think this is going into a philosophical question. Ooh, I love these.
1: Do you think that the players on defense just played great again? Or, or finally, I, I guess. They or, continued the month, uh, the remarkable month. Really, you go back to from the end of the Dolphins game. To that Vikings game when it was still a contest before the Vikings started scoring on the second teamers. The the defense has given up absolutely nothing. Three points when the Vikings started at the one. The question is, do you think it was those players that just played amazing? Or, and this is where I stand, here we go. That was an amazing day from Joe Barry. Or I think you're gonna say the Vikings just frauds. Well well, <laughs> that also brings up the thing. Like, that's what we talked about all week. They're not a good foot. Like they're not a great football team.
0: They're frauds. They're okay. They're fraudulent. They're, yeah. They're not
1: bad. Listen, the New York jets are seven and nine missed the, the playoffs. They have a point differential of negative 19. The Minnesota Vikings are 12 and four. They have a point differential of negative 19. They're just not that great of a team. They've found ways to win. Yeah. I was watching TCU Michigan over the weekend And TCU is like if the Vikings were also really good (laughs) because they win miraculous ways. Oh, yeah. But they're also a really good football team. So what's the story from Sunday? I think the story is Joe Barry. Joe Barry
0: or the players should be a Twitter poll. It could be. I I think the Vikings are frauds. Well, I think it's a little
1: bit of both because as soon as the Vikings center went down when they were on the goal line, like that first second play of the game. Yeah. Oh, dude. As soon as he went down and got blown up, like TJ Slayton was awesome inside. Kenny Clark was awesome inside. The Vikings did not
0: stand a chance when their line went down yeah. and they lost like two, three linemen. What happened to their backup center? Didn't he go? I think there was back-to-back plays when he went uh, false start and then holding. He was a tough scene all day. Yeah,
1: that's their third string.
0: Yeah, he was a tough scene all day. So uh,
1: the Vikings, as soon as they lost those guys, they didn't really stand a chance against the front and the front played really well. The Hollins kid they got from the Rams Showed out again. I, I don't know how they just got him for free. Uh, so the players played amazing, but I thought the plan from Joe Barry was incredible that the adjustments were made that we had not seen early in the season. And like you finally let those corners where Sewell Douglas played great uh, yeah. in, in tight coverage. You finally let those corners get out in somewhat islands and make plays. And, and they did that. So I think it's Joe Barry and it's the players, but the story is the defense.
0: Yeah, the defense was huge, and they're finally you know living up to the billing they had to start the year. How about the first quarter of that game yesterday, though? That The first quarter of the game was a whole game all in itself. I mean, you had a blocked punt. The Vikings it held. Keyshawn Nixon, 105 kickoff return. You have Darnell Savage with the pick six. The Vikings lost three linemen. Uh, What else had happened in there? That first quarter was everything you wanted and more in a football game. It was such a wild ride, and then the Packers just kind of you know put their foot on the gas and continued to go and go and go in the second quarter and beyond. And now with uh, and I want to thank Ron Rivera for starting Carson Wentz for the Washington (laughs) Commanders. The Washington Commanders never changed. You had a terrible day for the Commanders yesterday. Carson Wentz, who is a complete... He's a bigger fraud than the Minnesota Vikings. Carson Wentz threw three interceptions doing his best Kirk Cousins impersonation. Uh, I don't. What did he have throwing? Well, I don't even think it was 100 yards. I have to go look again. And the Commanders lose to the Browns. Therefore, setting up the Packers, if they win and beat the Vikings, which they did, they now have just have to beat the Lions on Sunday, and they're in the playoffs. Absolutely incredible. Yeah, Carson Wentz... 143 yards, three interceptions, 16 of 28. And then a little later in the day, or around the same time, actually, the commanders unveiled their new mascot, Major Tutty. That was during the game. You a know giant what? pig. You know what? that's terrible. I, this could be a separate segment. It's kind I of like funny. it. It's kind of, well, it fits perfectly for what they are. It's just, nonsense for the, we'll get to a little later then, Benjamin. There was some
1: real quick. There were some Browns players after the game that pretty much said, yeah, if you know ball, you know, Wentz is trash. Like, (laughs) like they knew in that game. He's like, yeah, slow delivery. You could jump her out. Like, when are we finally going to come around to the fact that maybe he's not the best. Was
0: it on a Tuesday or Wednesday that that Rivera named Wentz the starter? Um, It was the last week, obviously. And we played the breaking sound music, and we went to it, and I said, thank you to the football gods for smiling down upon us. I said right then and there, the Packers are beating the Vikings. Carson Wentz is starting, Packers beating the Vikings, Commanders losing to the Browns, and sets up a big matchup against the Lions coming up up here on Sunday. All right, we got a lot of comments to get to from Rodgers to the floor. we got to hear from Jair Alexander, talk about the big hat as well, the day he had against Justin Jefferson, Keyshawn Nixon, uh, incredible. And? Do we have to give Joe Barry credit? All season, this man has been taking the slings and the arrows, the trials and tribulations of cheeseheads, and here he is in when it counts biggest, showing up huge. So we'll get to that. And let's see. The King says, "I still want Joe Barry gone." Uh, Vega Bonjani, you, you know Vega Bonjani. Yeah. Oh, he is
1: the Joe Barry
0: guy. He stands. I know. He stood alone on Joe Barry Hill. So
1: I. Well, here's the here's the sad part of it is why did it take this long for something like this to happen? And listen, they look great. And I thought Joe Barry did a great job throwing different things at the Vikings offensive line. It wasn't straightforward. They had them guessing. Obviously the crowd noise played in. You saw a lot of those pre-snap penalties, but the question is why, why did it take until now to see a defensive alignment in the secondary like that? And I, I don't know the answer to that, but it's good that it's think- happening because we had a question we, we discussed a couple of weeks ago. What felt more sustainable when the Packers had beaten the Rams? Was it uh, the defense playing great because that was two straight games in a row? Or was it the offense, which had also turned around and Rogers was was playing pretty well, uh, not turning the ball over that much. And I said the offense felt sustainable. I just thought the defense playing well was more of a product of the Rams being terrible. Yet. I think on Sunday, like now the question becomes, is this a average defense that played a great game? Or is this defense turning the corner?
0: I'm going to put a Twitter poll up right now. Simple as this. Cheeseheads. Do you still want Joe Barry fired? Yes or no? I think that's a simple one. Yeah, And all of that goes into it. What you were I just talking it. about, Ben. Cheeseheads. Because there's Packer fans and there's cheeseheads. The cheeseheads, Ben, are the ones that are a little more erratic. And they're the ones that, like, don't think, you know, with a lot of uh, a clear conscience, I would say. So oh, I'm gonna-
1: Taysom Hill scoring touchdowns. Cheeseheads. <laughs> they're right
0: about some stuff. Do you still want Joe Barry fired? Yes or no? I'm going to put it off. Oh, Todd Rundgren banging on his drum. Uh, I don't want to work. I want to bang on my drum all day. Well, uh, we had the opportunity to take today off because with, uh, you know, Christmas falling on a Sunday, the New Year's Day falling on a Sunday, we technically would get that Monday off. But... I- I would have worked last Monday. I was coming back from lacrosse, uh, WKTY. We love you, listening area up there. We'd love to hear from, I don't know, our guy, Erica990, a resident Vikings fan. I took off just because I was traveling that day. I, in good conscience, could not take off today after what the Packers put together on Sunday, yesterday, against the Minnesota Vikings. A, a domination a beatdown of the Vikings, if you will. Kirk Cousins with three interceptions, one a pick six. Jair Alexander shutting down Justin Jefferson. Only one catch for 15 yards. Justin Jefferson deleted his social media accounts, and he got gritty on by Jair Alexander. Now, Ben, after the game, Jair Alexander, absolutely incredible. I need what he had in the studio. He had And I think this comes from a a Commanders player. Um, Brian Robinson, I
1: think, was the first.
0: Had a gigantic hat that he was wearing earlier in the season. And he said, yeah, my buddy makes these if you want them. You know, I I forget the business, but I want to find one, the one that Jair Alexander had, and I want it here in the studio so we can wear it. It is an absolutely incredible hat. And Jair, who is a hilarious individual to listen to, like when you listen to him talk, you're enamored with it. You're like... Is this guy hammered? Like, what's going on? He's hilarious. Well, and then you, with the big hat, even funnier. You know, kind of like
1: when he grittied on Jefferson after the first target in the first quarter, you know that all of the talk and all of the dancing, it was going to end one of two ways. Either A, Jefferson went off and he looks stupid and it becomes a story. Yeah. Or it ends how it did end yesterday, where he just gets completely shut down and Jair takes probably the biggest victory lap I've ever seen. So
0: when Jair Alexander you know, broke up that you know pass and then gritted on Jefferson, I thought, oh, God, Jefferson's going to just have a field day, like extra motivation. Well, it never came to fruition. Jair was absolutely shut down on Justin Jefferson. And how about Joe Barry for actually having the prowess and, and, and wherewithal to say, you know what, Jair? How about you shadow Justin Jefferson? How about you cover him for the majority of the game? And it played out huge. Uh, speaking of Joe Barry, we have a Twitter poll up right now. She says, do you still want Joe Barry fired? Early returns, huge returns. 69% last time I looked, they say yes. They still want Joe Barry fired. Um, that defense was huge. It's finally living up to the billing they had you know, preseason, that they'd be the best defense in the league. They looked the part. Yeah. Ben, you said something about Joe Barry to start the show, though. What is it about that Joe Barry and that defense? The players, Joe Barry, actually like, you know, having Jair cover Justin Jefferson. Like, what is it for you for Joe Barry?
1: That is that is the question
0: I um, am. I talk it out today. Well, I
1: like to connect a lot of things to college football because it's how I view the sport. Yeah. Ohio State, they lose to Georgia, but they play amazing. Like they're clearly a really good team are they really frauds like we saw against Michigan? Or are they a really good team that had a really bad quarter, which is what happens when Michigan was in Columbus. I think it's the latter. They were a really good team that had a bad <sighs> quarter. The Packers defense all throughout this year, they've been average. We'll say, yeah, there have been good games. They're not terrible, but, but they have not been, they have not lived up to the billing and how it was constructed. So the question after really the last month after the Dolphins second half after on Sunday, after the Rams, after the Bears, it's um, are they an actually good defense or are they a still average defense that just had a good game? Yeah. And when it comes to Barry, I'll also say this. We could give him all the credit in the world, and I will give him credit. He did everything he needed. Clearly everything worked. But none of the coverage plan with Jair, with the safeties, with Rasul Douglas, none of that is possible if the Packers could not stop the run.
0: And it was Delvin Cook held to like t- t- 29 carries for 27 yards or something like that. I have to go look at the stat sheet, but yeah, almost 27 nothing. yards on nine carries overall. Uh, they averaged
1: 5.1 yards per rush, but that was also with some Kirk Cousins scrambles. Yeah. Uh, Dalvin Cook did pretty much nothing. Part of that is the Vikings lost their second string center and then was were on their third string center. Come, uh, come early in that game. They lost a tackle. They were in a lot of bad down and distances, which played into the Packers, but also the guys up front played amazing.
0: They were huge.
1: TJ Slayton had the best game I've seen him have in forever. You have the Kenny Clark strip sack. Uh, The linebacker play was really good. I mentioned Justin Hollins where the play of those guys up front. And that isn't all on Joe Barry. It's just those guys up front played great. They forced Kirk Cousins into a lot of situations. You don't want to be in as a quarterback. And then, the secondary was allowed to eat. So if if the front had not played as well, I don't think that plan would have worked, but it all came together. Yeah. I, it, it was domination. 41-17 is even misleading.
0: Yeah, it was all garbage points at the end there uh, as the Packers. Yeah, Jalen Naylor. Have a day. He, <laughs> he, he had like 100 receiving yards and two touchdowns in the, <laughs>
1: yeah. in the fourth quarter.
0: Uh, speaking of uh, the Packers' secondary, I did want to play a little bit of Jair. Uh, our guy BJ says, I want, I need to hear Ebo's impersonation of Jair again. And he did a little boy, man. He, he did a little boy. Well, I'm going to let Jair do his own thing here. How bad do they want the win over the Vikings? Here's Jair. Uh,
2: just as bad as I wanted it uh, week one. You know, the, I mean, the coaches had a good game plan coming into this game. They knew what would put us in the best position to win, and uh, that
0: happened today. Now, remember, uh, Jair Alexander said that Jefferson's Week One performance was a fluke. Remember that? Like, yes. Awesome. Also, he, he did the little boy.
1: The message in that was not all saying that he was bad. Like, he gave him respect, but he said overall it was a fluke that he torched them and the secondary played that bad.
0: Yeah. um, So I got the message, but obviously people were going to run with it. Here's Jair on TV. I'll get to this. That was from his presser after he left the field. But on the field, he caught up uh, with Tracy Wolfson, and this is what he had to say. Take a listen. Well, Jair, we heard it all week long. Week one was a fluke.
1: You wanted this one-on-one. We talked about it this week. What was the difference with you going up against Justin Jefferson today?
2: Uh, I mean, I was able to follow him. I was able to go to his side all game. And, uh, you know, I'm a type of person, I'm going to match intensity. So that's what I did all night. I mean, hats off to him. He's still in my top three receivers. You know, he's still a great receiver. Um, you know, but but I'm confident in myself. And I said what I said, and I meant what I said.
1: What is it about this defense and the way they are playing right now?
2: Man, it's exciting to see, man. Those guys up front are getting after it. And, uh, you know, the guys in the back end are getting the balls. Like, our safeties, they got so many picks today. Man, it was good to see.
1: How about the fact that win and in next week?
2: That is lit. <laughs> <laughs> Thank
1: you. Congratulations nice. and Happy New Year.
0: Happy New Year. That was lit. So, Jair, incredible. Um, and here's a little more from Jair. You know, talking about when he said that was a fluke, was he reprimanded by his coaches or his teammates? This a little Q&A from the reports. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Who, who
3: said something? Oh,
2: shoot. I mean, everybody, you know. But uh, that's just the confidence I have in myself And, you know, the people around me So, hey, it is what it is What did you tell him about why you said it? What I tell him? Yeah Uh, shoot Shoot. I just told him, like Just be honest, you know (laughs) So just to clarify, what were you calling a fluke From week one? From week one? Oh, yeah, just all the yards he had That's what I was calling a fluke Because, you know, he was catching passes with nobody even on him Like, yeah, okay, good job (laughs) You so, if that, so if that was a fluke, yeah, okay, what is one that. catch for 15 yards? Man, greatness. <laughs> Until Shannon Sharp and Skip Bayless, they need to, you know, watch what they say when they talk about me. Yes. You feel me? That's what, they need to watch what they put out, talking about he a good corner, I'm a great corner. So, yeah, say nothing now.
0: Put some respect on Jair Alexander's name. Now, our guy BJ on Twitch here, by the way, you can hear us, see us, interact with us, twitch.tv, search my name, Ebo says. Hit the follow button. Uh, BJ, Brad says, first time all year he actually played a good game. Ben, you were taking a little. I so Friday Ben was in was Zach Halpern. I took an off day, and I got a couple messages from some of our listeners of over the line, and they basically said that you were talking bad on Jair's name. That you were talking smack. Now he came after Shannon Sharp and Skip Bayless. Uh, I don't know if there was a little off, you know, camera him talking about Ben Z. Kenny as well. <laughs> what what, were, what was being said Friday about Jair from you and Zach? I, d- I might so, have been a little exaggerated from our fans but, or well, listeners. Well,
1: we went over what he was talking about Jefferson. And again, our big worry was that he wouldn't get a chance to match up with him, that all the talk would be for nothing. Yeah. But clearly that did not end up proving
0: true. I just like no one thought one catch for 15 yards was going to happen, though. But
1: look yes, at no, I I said I, I thought he was a great corner. I didn't think he has had the best of year. Yeah. And part of that is Joe Barry and the secondary. They haven't been well equipped to succeed. And there have been some problems up front at times. I, I just said, and it had to do with the Pro Bowl. And I didn't have like someone I thought was was better. I didn't go through all the NFL. Sure, yeah. I was just surprised. Like I did, I didn't think he has played up to the contract this
0: season. But on Sunday, that is a game. Yeah, that is what you pay him to do. It's a statement game from right. Jair. And speaking of statements, uh, you know, after getting beaten by the Vikings week one, and he talking how Jefferson was a fluke. Now, how does Jair feel with this big win at Lambeau yesterday?
2: Man, it feels spectacular. It, it feels phenomenal. It feels super califragilisticexpialidocious. <laughs> I love this guy. God.
0: <laughs> imagine being a reporter and Jair's saying super califragilisticexpialidocious califragil- as oh, he's wearing a giant hat.
1: Well, the, the reporters laugh at all their jokes anyway. Oh
0: yeah. Uh, here's more from Jair and Ben. You'll like this. When the Packers lost to your Eagles, forty to thirty-three, and fell to four and eight on the year. Alexander, on what he told the team in a brief speech, here is Jair.
2: Well, I mean, it goes back to, you know, the speech I gave after our last loss, you know, and I I, I didn't say it, but I said, you know, it was basically like, uh, we're going to see who really cares, you know, after our last loss, and, you know, I mean, everybody's been picking it up, you know, and, and it's been showing, so... That's pretty much it, man.
0: And then we'll get the comments from Aaron Rodgers a little later. Rodgers talking about how no one really believed um, in the Packers, as which, they said
1: at 4-8. Which, for the record, kind of makes sense why no one believed, because after that loss, they were 4-8. They needed they had a 2% chance to make the playoffs. Yep. But the larger point was they didn't do anything well. No. The, the only thing that emerged when they became 4-8 was Christian Watson yep. and Keyshawn Nixon. Yep. And... Aside from that, the team as a whole did not do anything well. So everyone always, oh, look, everyone's back on the bandwagon. It's like, yeah, because things have materially changed. The team we saw on Sunday was not the same team we saw a month and a half ago, two months ago. The the Packers team of October probably finds a way to let the Vikings in that game. The the Vikings had no chance to win that, that contest. Yeah, it was
0: game over for them. And then one more from Jair. Uh, he talks about, you know, it's a little Q and A with the reporters. What is the Packers' mindset now heading into Week 18 at home? Still TBD on time. Is it going to be Sunday or Saturday? You think Sunday? Sunday. It is definitely on Sunday. I'll still go the find. Time. We'll which, do it coming up. We'll do yeah, it coming which games up. games were moved? Here is the mindset though from uh, Jair as they head into win and you're in the playoffs.
2: I mean, it's playoff football. That's it. It's playoff football from here on out, and it's been that way for weeks. And you know, it shouldn't change.
3: How dangerous is this team right now?
2: Shoot, we were, we ran were hot, but we can be hotter. So we just got to keep going.
0: He's totally right. They can be hotter. I mean, offensively, they can be better. Aaron Rodgers can be better. Like Aaron Rodgers didn't have the greatest game, but he did just enough. He didn't need to. What
1: was awesome is they were playing from ahead the whole game, and Aaron Jones was I, like they ran the ball twenty six times to Jones and Dylan. They didn't run that many plays. What's crazy is they win forty one to seventeen. The Vikings only ran four fewer plays than the Packers because the Packers score on a kickoff return. They score on a pick six. Um, The offense didn't need to do anything, but the key is they're seven of 12 on third down. When they needed long drives, they found them just to to keep all the Vikings momentum off. Um, And they ran the ball really well. So he didn't need to do anything. That's exactly the formula we talked about preseason. Yeah, right.
0: I mean, the Packers were up, what, 14 to three at the end of the first. I don't even think there's a first down yet. When did the Packers get their first first down? I think it was maybe late in the first or early in the second quarter and Aaron Rodgers was very pedestrian and they were already up 14 to 3. So they didn't really need to do too much. They got it together, you know, a little later. We'll talk more offensively coming up. Ben asked me, you know, when are you going to go in your Rodgers soapbox? When are you going to get into the Rodgers? Well, Aaron Rodgers didn't have you know, an Aaron Rodgers stellar kind of game. He did just enough. I mean, he got one in with his feet, put the belt on, also threw one to Big Bob Tunyon, who was wide open in the end zone Uh, for it. Rodgers missed a couple throws. You know, Christian Watson tried to, well, Watson had one bad drop, but he overthrew Watson a couple times. Rodgers, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't the greatest, but he wasn't terrible either. Aaron Rodgers finished, what, 15 to 24, 159 yards and a touchdown throwing and one running, like I just said. Uh, you know, it only took one sack. He wasn't the greatest, Ben. Well, Aaron Rodgers, after the game, had said some things that go more into being a leader than it is on the field, but also off the field. Aaron Rodgers, by the way, with the new haircut. I don't know if you've seen it or not. He, uh, I don't think he enjoyed the, uh, the memes coming out oh. of him with that haircut he had. I mean... Uh- Speaking objectively, <laughs> it didn't look great. Now, when it's all gelled and done up, it looked fine, right? But, but when you when you put the cap on and take like the helmet off, he looks like that, like Emperor <laughs> Penguin or whatever. Ugh. Like it's it wasn't the greatest of looks, but Rogers did debut. Uh, debut his, his new haircut. And the cameras are obviously always on him, oh, of so course, you're always yeah. going to see it. Rogers after the game, uh, I'll get to just a couple of them. We'll play a little more uh, later on in the show. Uh, but Rogers was asked, "Are the Packers a team to be reckoned with again?" And I loved what he said here. Take a listen.
4: We're becoming a more dangerous team, and uh, you know, we've all seen some of the uh, commentary outside as it we went from four and eight to five and eight to six and eight, and nobody's worried about the Packers and blah 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 blah. Uh, now, what are you gonna say?
0: I love it. He's coming after the people that counted the Green Bay Packers out. They are now a team to be reckoned with. He said it has taken a while, but players are figuring out their roles at the right time.
4: A lot of guys that we maybe didn't expect or expected to, and didn't in the beginning. Uh, have stepped up and taken hold of their roles and and played some really, really good football.
0: Also said they beat the odds to get here.
4: Not many people in that locker room, and definitely not many you people, believe we'd be sitting here at 8-8 with Aid would control our own destiny going into week 18. Yeah.
0: What are they going to say now? This is what I love about it. I think I was the only one hanging on to a Packers making the playoffs. <laughs> i was packerson i know you were it it was tough it was tough sledding i understand it ridiculous i was standing on the packers (laughs) making the playoff hill and there were so many haters and losers and doubters sadly of which there are many that counted the packers out that wanted jordan love to start that the season was lost move on from aaron Rodgers. look at them now the defeatist attitude of some of the cheeseheads out there to just throw a towel in, even when they weren't mathematically eliminated, is absolutely disgusting. We've seen the Packers rattle off victories after victories before to make it to the playoffs. Look at them now. They control their own destiny. They win one more at home against the Lions Sunday, and they're in. And the same jabronis that were there crying for Jordan Love, crying to trade Rodgers, crying to throw in the towel and fight for draft picks, are now going to be the same a-holes that will be out there saying, oh, I've been with them though whole time i don't forget i got the receipts i want them all held accountable ben kenny aaron rogers talking about how he's had to be a leader off the field more to hold this team together and i know his play hasn't been stellar like it is of rogers past like he's not being an mvp this year but rogers has been able to hold this locker room together to get these teams inspired to get to the point where they are now and look at him. look at him, ben one game away, they win and they're in. I want to play one more for Rogers. Go. So here's what it feels like um, this year, as they're now eight and eight and control their own destiny.
4: Feels really special. It's uh, been an interesting year. It hasn't been my best football at times, but uh, I've been asked to step up my leadership. I think and be someone the guys can count on to keep it together. You know, even when it doesn't seem like there's anything to play for, we we don't have a chance to make a run. There's been a lot of special moments throughout the year.
0: The low T defeatists out there will say this season was lost. Look at them now. On the precipice of making the playoffs. How's it feel, losers? Huh? <laughs> not not you, Ben, but no, just I know. in general. I can uh start Jordan love. Go for draft picks. Yada yada yada.
1: I wasn't in the draft kick uh draft pick boat. I was in the love boat. Because I didn't think it was it, it was mathematically possible. I did not think it was, and it has been. I was wrong. Many others I'm I'm sure were wrong. But here's the thing about Sunday Ebo. I still after Chicago, after LA, even after Miami, I, I was waiting. I, I I wasn't ready to buy in yet. It was a game like this that I needed.
0: Yeah, oh well, and you, tw- you tweeted it out. what you tweet? I
1: tweeted it. I've I've finally come around. The Packers are good. Mm. People have said I'm too negative at times. <laughs> Um, that I, that I, yes, I've, I wanted them to start love. I thought the season was over. I couldn't forget what I saw when they went on that horrible losing streak, a one in seven stretch.
0: It was lonely up on Packers going to make the playoffs Hill, Ben. It was lonely up there. No.
1: And, and I commend you for staying on that Hill. (laughs) Um, I
0: said, even if the Packers had a point oh 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 one percent chance of making the playoffs, I was still beyond they're making the playoffs Hill. But
1: I I like Rogers like, oh, you, you people gave us no chance.
0: It's like yeah, because because you
1: were four and eight and you weren't good, and now you are. Things changed. Things are different. Yeah, that's what I'll say. There are there are guys playing great football now that were not because either they were hurt or the coaches wouldn't play them, like Keyshawn Nixon. <laughs> like
0: th- things have legitimately changed. I mean, now Mari Rogers would still be trotted out there. I think if Matt Lafleur had his you know druthers about him. No, it was the fumbles. It wasn't the fact that he was just bad
1: at it, it was the fact he actually handed possessions away. Yeah. So one would wonder if Amari Rodgers was better and didn't fumble, would the Packers be in this position? It's I'll, an interesting I'll question. I'll tell you this.
0: Rodgers talks about how words have power. He said it all season. It was manifesting you know, this season. He did say, though, last clip I played from Rodgers, that he had peace about whatever was meant to be in this season.
4: Whatever was supposed to happen, I was surrendered to that reality with also the resolute mindset that we could still get back in this thing. And I think that's what I'm most proud of uh, for myself and our team is that there were a lot of different things that could happen and we stuck together and we put ourselves in position to do something special. I love
0: philosophical Rogers. There's the Socrates, there's Plato and then there's Rogers big minds, big minds throughout the years, throughout the centuries uh, here in this world. So I looked uh, a couple of comments previous. Rogers said he had to keep the locker room together. Now, when the Packers got totally, you know, annihilated by the Eagles, Rogers was saying like, "There's no one in the locker room not talking about their plans for vacation after the season, or what they're going to be doing, or where they're going to be going." He goes, all, "All of us still are on the same page that we believe in each other and we can do this." They stuck together, and now look at them manifesting. Benjamin, words have power. Do you know who also plays somewhat of a role in
1: that? Hoomsht. It is the head coach whose message seemed to have not really... Whatever messages he was sending wasn't working. And I I don't know. It's just whatever he would say at the podium for the first half of the year would just be completely manifested, as Rodgers would believe, (laughs) on Sunday. Where he's like, oh, the travel's hard. We're going to London. You know, it's a distraction. And they lose. And then, oh, we're playing the Jets at noon, but it's sleepy, and we're used to later games, and they lose. Things of that nature. Yeah. the head yeah. coach has been doing a good job. Listen, Rodgers did all he needed to do to win that game. Uh story to me is obviously the defense, but yeah. I, I mean, you, that's a guy where you look at the landscape of the NFC. You have Brock Purdy, who's playing ridiculous football, and I don't think will continue. You have Jalen Hurts, who's, I, I mean... Maybe well, he, a, Eagles
0: come down to earth a Maybe bit.
1: the MVP. Yeah, they stink. But they're the one-seeds, so They have to win uh, on Sunday.
0: Yeah. Uh, and who they got? They got the... Giants. Oh, okay, yeah.
1: Who will probably rest starters and the Cowboys.
0: But. So if the if the Phillies lose and the Cowboys win, the Cowboys then mm-hmm.
1: yeah yeah. But then you have Dak Prescott, who's a turnover machine. You have Kirk Cousins, who is Kirk Cousins. It's and Brady, but I mean Brady's not had a good year. That team is not very good. Yeah, it's not the division's terrible. It's not necessarily a murderer's row of quarterbacks or teams. No. So if they're able to get in and and the Lions game, they're four and a half point favorites, which We'll see. I I mean, clearly Vegas thinks things have changed after because I think the Lions are better than the Vikings, but the Packers were three and a half point favorites over the Vikings, which means Vegas really
0: thinks things changed with the win on Sunday. And I tend to agree. Yeah. Uh, Let's see here before the phone calls. One second. I love this name on Twitch. (laughs) Tart Melons says the low point was the Lions loss. And also, Rashawn Gary and Eric Stokes both being out for the season. If you look at how the Packers were a middle season, it looked like a season was lost. I understand, you know, some people wanted to throw in the towel because it a lot of pain, a lot of misery throughout it. But now, one game away from the playoffs. Now, last week, when Ron Rivera decided to start Carson Wentz, there was something that I could hear off into the distance.
2: <laughs>
0: it's the sound of angels singing from above to say from the football gods that the Packers were indeed getting a gift from the heavens. Because if the Commanders lost once and the Packers beat the Vikings, the Commanders would be knocked out of playoff contention. Then all the Packers had to do is win one more against the Lions coming up here. And guess what? The Browns beat Carson Wentz through three interceptions and the Commanders, and they also unveiled their new mascot, Major Tutty, a giant pig, which I thought was hilarious. I immediately thought of our uh, our Commander fans in and G-Dub and, um, and Dougie, and I said, man, it's got to be tough being a fan of that fan base.
1: I'm so in on Major Tutty.
0: And then when Major Tutty and, well, Carson Wentz, who was major interception, threw three picks, and the Browns beat the Commanders, and then the Packers went out and beat the Vikings, I heard again off in the distance angels again hallelujah. Hallelujah. and I got very inspired hallelujah. Hallelujah. hallelujah the Packers now control their own destiny Ben it feels oh so good and one of the reasons why uh, that it happened I want to thank Kurt Cousins you know for the big pick six that he had and also the three interceptions but there is something else that happened that was absolutely electric, and you could feel like it was bound to happen eventually.
4: Only 12 yards total. For both teams it sounds combined like no this. first downs.
0: Similar to this is Nixon, who's dangerous. Oh, here he goes! My goodness,
1: he's taking it the distance. You talked about how dangerous he is. The most kick return yards in the NFL. He shows it right there. He had a 94-yard kick return last
0: week. The Lambo leap, baby. Here he is again. Wow. Wow. Keyshawn Nixon running through a hole the size of a Kardashian, and he takes it to the house. <laughs> ben, how incredible was the 105-yard kickoff return? Good God. Dude, that was, that's, that's the spark right there. I mean, uh, the Packers got what? Um, the special teams-wise, the Packers got their punt blocked. Big defensive hold by you know, the Packers defense there as they held the Vikings to just a field goal. And then what happens? Keyshawn Nixon houses the damn thing. Yep, wow. uh, yep. The the Vikings
1: willingly kicked to Keyshawn Nixon, which is stupid, and it can lead you to lose games. Aaron Rodgers said weeks ago. Remember, he said Keyshawn Nixon is the only guy I ever want taking kicks out of the end zone <laughs> for the Packers in, in the past. Right? Like we never see the Packers do that. And now every well, time. They fumble it. Right. Every time he touches the ball, you feel like good things are going to happen. He um, is a baller, I, dude. I thought Jim Nance was really good yesterday, too. You mentioned in the call. Yeah. Tony Romo just walks completely all over the moments. So
0: I, I
1: don't mind Tony Romo. Like, when he first hit the scene, he was like
0: the media darling. for every, Everyone loved Tony
1: Romo. Yeah, he was good when he, when he knew what was going on because he was a year removed from watching film. Uh, now he is five years removed from watching film. And a lot of golf. And I, yeah, I can't stand him. Um, but, but yeah, Nance was good.
4: Ooh, oh, oh, ah. That's
1: Romo's old face when something good happens right there. And then like, that game was meant to like Joe Buck is meant to call that game.
0: Oh, Amer- America's booze.
1: I know. Yeah. Like, it stinks.
0: I see Packer fans like hate Joe Buck and Troy. I like Joe Buck and Troy Aikman.
1: I love Joe Buck is. I like them both. Maybe the greatest thing to happen to broadcasting.
0: I also love the fact that he was addicted to getting hair plugs. It almost ended his broadcasting Such career. Such a good story. That's crazy. I couldn't imagine losing no. your hair. Yeah. Um, uh, anyways, real quick, Keyshawn Nixon. Uh, I wanted to play some comments from him. We'll get to the field goals coming up. Uh, Keyshawn Nixon, though, when he hit that big gaping Kardashian hole, he was like, here's what he saw, dude. A kicker.
3: Uh, them guys had great blocks for me. Uh, they opened it up. I felt like the open sea, I just ran through it. And I knew I just had one person to beat. And then once I pass the kicker, it's party time.
0: <laughs> he gets up to that Lambeau Leap. Okay. I love the Lambeau leap, one of the greatest traditions of all time as a guy who, you know, coming from Philly, an Eagles fan, yada yada yada. What's the uh the outlook for or, or from uh, from a ten thousand yards the stair here, Ben, for an outside observer? What's the Lambeau leap like for uh you know, opposing fans? Opposing well it's better fans.
1: than choreographed celebrations.
0: Did you see Roger slapping the bass on that one? Slapping the bass man. That was a really cool celebration, but I'm still like Jump into the stands. I love the Lambeau Leap. Uh, now, here's the crazy thing about Keyshawn Nixon. He did not think that he would be playing. On Friday, if you were to ask him, he said, I don't think I was going to be playing.
3: On well, Friday, he wrote us off. Like, yeah, we can't run by Friday, probably won't happen. And I uh, text the coaches this morning, like, I feel like a Ferrari. He's like, huh? I said, I feel like a Ferrari. And came here. Uh, just ran around. And I'm like, ready to go. So I'm playing,
0: and he was a Ferrari. I mean, he burned right through, dude. How, could you imagine Keenan Nixon, uh, because of injury, not playing? I mean, it, it'd be a whole, you know, butterfly effect scenario here. Um, Maybe
1: you know, one part of that we didn't think about is: Do you think Amari Rogers could have ran through that hole?
0: No. Well, if if yes, he would have, but he would have coughed it up somehow. Like the uh, a gust of wind would have blown the ball out of his arms. The kicker would have gotten him. <laughs> Yes. Now, speaking of that big, big return, he said the uh, he could hear the crowd cheer for him even before it. Like he, he was feeling the energy.
3: That helps me, too. You know what I'm saying? Like, even when I'm running with the ball, like I don't really be knowing if like somebody behind me to tackle me. But I can hear at, like the, st- the fans when I'm running. So they kind of turn me up and uh, I hear them and that turns me up.
0: So, Ben, I mean, one of the big sparks here for the Packers, the emergence, and you were talking about this earlier, when the Packers were circling the drain mid-season, who emerged? It was Christian Watson and Keyshawn Keyshawn Nixon. Nixon. It's changed everything. Like, you go back to Dallas, you
1: go back to the Philadelphia game, and then since then, since Keyshawn Nixon has come on the scene, the Packers have been graced with unbelievable field position.
0: Yeah. Where, like... Well, even the Dolphins game, when he took it down, like the, the six or eight yard line, whatever it was, but then the Packers set for an
1: and field goal. right? Like, and and the defense has forced turnovers. Um, I, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I guarantee you from weeks, uh, from week nine or 10 on, like that Eagles game, they, they lose, but think about it. They started every drive from the 50 and then the defense got them the ball, even in Eagles territory. And you go forward, like that is part of the reason why this team is playing so much better. It's because it's not, you're not relying on, on an offense that is still somewhat up and down to drive 90 and 80 yards yeah. down the field. Yeah. Keyshawn Nixon, the defense, special teams as a whole, they have given Aaron Rodgers and the offense unbelievable situations to score and they still haven't capitalized on all of them. No, we see a lot of red zone field goals and, and, and a lot of like that fourth down sack uh, that you can't yeah, really take. Tough. Um tough. But I, I mean, when you talk about what parts of a football game can, can aid in offense. And when we talk about what, what this Packers team can be. We thought the defense would be tremendous. We thought Rich Passaccia would help the special teams. It's taken a while, yeah. but both of them are playing like it. And now, like, the offense doesn't have to do that much, and that's what everybody needed.
0: Yeah. Uh, Keyshawn Nixon, uh, the phone line's blowing up. One second, we'll get to you. Keyshawn Nixon uh, was asked when the Packers were sitting at 4-8 and in his emergence, how did they pull this off? We just needed confidence,
3: you know what I'm saying? Uh, we, had a lot, we had a lot of young guys on, on offense earlier in the year. And at the end of the day, like with this football stuff, it, it don't matter if you 11 and, you know what I'm saying? If you 11 and four and you get in the playoffs, like if you in, you win. It don't matter your record. You got to play ball after that. Everybody's 0-0 once you get in. So we hot at the right time. and It's time to play Detroit next week.
0: I love it. Yeah, That's what it's all about. I mean, listen, the Packers, they're getting hot at the right time.